Hello everyone, uh, late Happy New Year from us at the Officially Denied Podcast. Welcome to the first episode for 2019, and I'm Toby. And I'm Peter. Happy New Year as well. Um, not that anyone should care because time is a social construct anyway, and what are you doing with your life worrying about these things? Um, but um, yeah, uh, this is our 17th uh, episode. Uh, we managed to do 16 episodes in 2018, so even given our constant delays, I, I don't think it was it was that bad. Uh, we got we got some stuff done. Um, so new year, new bullshit, new topics, um, and I, I I promised myself that the one thing that we're definitely not going to talk about on our first episode in 2019 is Brexit, because frankly I've just had enough of that for a while. Um, and, well, let's be real. Although a lot has happened, nothing has progressed forward. So, uh, yeah, so Brexit yeah. is the uh, same old bullshit. A lot has happened, but nothing has changed, to uh, quote our gr- glorious leader. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're not going to talk about that for now. Uh, if anything dramatic happens uh, next week, we'll talk about it on next week's podcast, uh, if that happens, hopefully. Um <laughs> Anyway, uh, this week, uh, following the relative success of the Democrats at uh, last year's midterm elections, uh, we thought it might be interesting to talk about the upcoming Democratic primaries and the potential uh, primary candidates and uh, who might uh, ultimately end up challenging Trump, if he's still around, uh, for the presidency uh, in 2020. Unlike unlike uh, 2016, this is going to be a quite a drastically different uh, primary season. Uh, partly because there is a lot of people uh, running uh, for the Democratic nomination. I mean, honestly, like the first debate is going to look a bit like that famous Iron Maiden concert in Moscow or something. It's so there there have been to give you an idea. There have been 14 candidates who have already announced that they are running for the Democratic nomination. Um, that's considering we are about a year away from the first primaries and caucuses. Um, and out of those 14, one has already dropped out. So it, it, it's going to um, it's going to be pretty hectic. Um, and it's going to take quite a bit of effort to, uh, I think, keep track of all these things. But... Um, one thing also should be noted that there are still a lot of candidates who probably will be announcing that they are running in the next few months, uh, including some big names that have still not uh, jumped the gun, so to speak, as of yet. Uh, like, um, like for instance, uh, Cory Booker, like Bernie Sanders, uh, like former Vice President Joe Biden, um, other senators like uh, Sherrod Brown from Ohio, like uh, Michael Bennett from Colorado, um, like Amy Klobuchar from Minnesota, I believe, uh, and others um, like former New York Mayor Michael Bloomberg, who a lot of people still are considered to be considering a presidential run, and um, others like uh, Beto O'Rourke, the uh, former... Con- congressman from uh, El Paso, who um, failed to unseat uh, Ted Cruz in his Senate uh, in his uh, Senate re-election last year. So, Toby, have, have, have you been uh, keeping track 
Yeah, so I've been trying to keep track. Um, some some nominations, sorry, some people announcing their campaigns. Um, I I do see I I did see Kamala Harris announcing hers. Um, I did see a lot of, of articles talking about Joe Biden or Bernie Sanders possibly considering it. I did see Elizabeth Warren that said she would run, but it's a bit difficult to keep up because then you suddenly get people flooding. Flooding your timelines with is Oprah Winfrey gonna run? Is Kanye West gonna run? And at that point, it just becomes a bit of a shit show. So uh, yeah, I guess it might be worth uh, just quickly talking about the the candidates who at least we know uh, have announced a presidential run or have at least announced a so-called exploratory committee, uh, which for for everyone out there basically means that. Uh, you're not officially running, but it'll this allows you to start raising money, uh, which essentially means you are running. Um, so uh, the people, the most, uh, I think, uh, well-known figures so far to announce uh, have been uh, Kamala Harris, who announced, I think, last weekend. Um, anyway, she's a, she's a senator from California. Um and uh, also Elizabeth Warren, who I think is even better known, at least probably outside the United States, uh, the senator from uh, Massachusetts. I still can't pronounce that state properly. Anyway, um, yeah, also uh, others, another, uh, other senators include uh, Kirsten Gillibrand and uh, some congressmen such as uh, Tulsi Gabbard uh, and John Delaney. On top of that, there have also been a number of mayors uh, announcing a presidential run, such as Julian Castro probably being the most well-known out of them. He's a former um, Housing and Urban Development Secretary under Obama and... Um, former Pete- mayor of San Antonio. And former mayor of San Antonio, yeah. And uh, Peter... Uh, how do you pronounce his name? But a judge, I think, uh, the current mayor of South Bend, Indiana. So far, uh, politicians for the Democratic Party do seem pretty solid. Um, we need to remember that we're thinking of a politician that can stand up to Trump and stand to his level. Because as ridiculous as he may be, you know the, the the man won his the, the man got to be president because of his pr his ability to influence the public his ability to become a persona that people related to or at least would admire to an extent so we we need to think of who would be the perfect contrast to trump yeah, I mean, obviously that is going to be a huge part of anyone's considerations, uh, I think, uh, with, you know, regarding the uh, potential, the, the future um, Democratic nominee. Um, there is, there is, of course, some speculation that uh, Trump won't uh, survive 2019 as president, but I, I don't think it's uh, really... Um, really useful making these kind of predictions now because it ultimately relies on information that none of us uh, have access to, you know, like what's going on in the insights of uh, Robert Mueller's Russia probe. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the assumption right now is that uh, 
the future nominee will go up against Trump and who is the best person uh, to beat Trump will be a huge part in those considerations. Um, I mean, I mean, with that regard, do you have anyone particular in mind, Toby? Well, so far from people I've been looking, um, I, I, I think Kamala Harris is is a pretty solid candidate. She does seem to have. I, I see a lot of people uh, on my timeline uh, talking about her and, and uh, endorsing uh, her. Then I also quite like personally. I quite like um, Sherrod Brown. He he seems like a strong solid candidate once again and would he be able to stand up to trump we'll have to see how he would act in the debates and how he presents himself and anyway he hasn't announced if he's running yet but i i think he probably will yeah, I mean, Sherrod Brown, I think, is one of kind of the dark horses uh, of this race, um, in the sense that he's not one of he's not one of the major uh, names that people, as, at least he's not probably like in the top five uh, names people are considering. But, um, but yeah, I think he's one of the uh, the candidates who people really shouldn't discount at this point. Because I mean, just think about Sherrod Brown. I, I think he's got kind of two important aspects to him. One, um, he is pretty progressive on economic policy, uh, which will definitely gain him a lot of favor with kind of the left progressive wing of the Democratic Party, which uh, will be, will probably be very instrumental um, in uh, this primary process. Um, And secondly, he's a senator in Ohio, which is a very crucial state uh, for, you know, for the general election. And it's, it's a state that Trump absolutely has to win. Of course, um, and in an interview he had this week, um, Brown said that, he, he, he said, and uh, to paraphrase, he said, uh, I'll beat Trump in Ohio and I will beat him in his own state, New York. Well, I mean, it, it doesn't, it won't take much for a Dem- for a Democrat to beat Trump in New York. No, <laughs> I mean, but, but yeah. But I, to be I, fair, I that's, that's more, that's more some gang shit where he's like, yeah. coming to your turf. Yeah, no, that, that, that's, that's fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, with regards to uh, Kamala Harris, I think uh, she is being rightly uh, considered as one of the kind of, at least on the at the outset, she's being considered as one of the front runners um, of the race. She she's got a lot going for her. Um, while progressives, a lot of progressives don't like her because of her record as a state attorney. Um, I think she was a bit too kind of law and orderish uh, for a lot of people. Uh, but um, as a senator, she has a one of the most progressive voting records, um, I think. And um, she is, well, she's a woman. She's um, she's from an ethnic minority background. She is relatively young. I mean, she's like 54, I think. So, I mean, you know, still about 20 years younger than someone like, uh, you know, Bernie Sanders or, or Trump himself. Um so I mean, she is. I think she's also. She's definitely one of the uh, one of the people to beat. And also think think of her um her agenda. She supports Medicare. She supports the legalization of recreational marijuana, which, if we're thinking of her image in the public eye, that those are some policies that many people can get behind without needing to do a lot of research. And she also supports lowering taxes for the working and middle classes 
while racing while, while raising corp, you know corporate tax and uh, the higher percentile of wealth of the higher percentile of wealthy Americans being taxed as well so she does seem to have the progressive side as you said a progressive history of voting and um, support yeah I mean as I said she's also not like one of she's not one of the kind of progressive darlings in the Senate definitely again uh, partly because of some of her prior uh, prior positions um, but uh, yeah I mean at, le- at least for the primary she is uh, definitely uh, at this point uh, kind of shifting uh, to the left uh, trying to you know trying to increase her you know potential among the the more progressive democratic base it's 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 going to be very interesting like this primary in the sense that it's going to be radically different from 2016 both you know because of the number of candidates but also because of how the issues are discussed you know in 2016 you had hillary clinton who was you know you know very much a moderate on economic policy very much a moderate on issues like healthcare and taxation um going up against Bernie Sanders, who ended up, you know, lost, obviously, uh, but, you know, still won a very substantial chunk of the vote on a far more progressive platform. You know, this time, I think the, you know, the legacy of 2016 is that the, I guess, the spectrum, the the issue, the issue spectrum of the Democratic Party has shifted substantially more towards towards its progressive side and it's very it's very that can be very uh easily seen in how how the candidates so far are aligning themselves on some of the most some of the the biggest most important issues like you know kamala harris uh and also kirsten gillibrand uh they came out very early in favor of single-payer health care um I'm not sure about Gillibrand, but Harris has made it very clear that she's not accepting uh, money from super PACs. Um, you know, again, a very clear kind of uh, influence from the uh, from the Sanders campaign in 2016. Um, so I, I, I mean, the healthcare issue I think is particularly interesting because, I mean, I think that is going to be essentially kind of the the purity test for any any potential nominee, right? You know, anyone who is running for the Democratic nomination essentially is going to have to come out in favor of single-payer healthcare, or they're basically going to be persona non grata uh, for much of the base. Uh, again, that's, yeah. that's a very different co- different contrast to 2016. Exactly. So so agendas in, in America are becoming a lot more progressive, which makes someone such as uh, Tulsi Gabbard um, interesting, because... Although she's from Hawaii and um, is the first Hindu member of Congress, um, in the past she's had to apologize for some comments she made um, that were anti-LGBT. She changed her stance regarding um, same-sex marriage um, from opposing it to supporting it back yeah, in I mean, 2012. Fun, fun, fun fact, uh, as a teenager, she starred in an infomercial, uh, <laughs> actually, uh against uh, against gay marriage but oh yeah wow. so so she, yeah so yeah i think I, i'm with her with her dad uh who was i think a big campaigner against it in hawaii but uh yeah that's that's a little bit of and of course and another and another position that um progressives aren't very uh supportive of is the fact that um gabbard want 
opposes um, removing Bashar al-Assad from power uh, by means of force. And Americans will, would feel quite strongly about that. So, as you were saying, with such a progressive field that the Democratic Party is now playing in, uh, someone like Tulsi Gabbard would be in trouble if she, well, when she comes face to face with uh, Kamala Harris. Yeah, well, I mean, Tulsi Gabbard is very interesting because, I mean, frankly, I think she's awful. And I, I, she is, I, okay, like the best description I can give you for Tulsi Gabbard is, um, okay, if if the horseshoe theory was a person, that would be her. <laughs> you know, she, she 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 seems to be um, essentially a, a conglomeration of some of the worst positions on both extremes of the political spectrum. It is it's very weird to see, but I mean, she she's never seemingly seen a dictator she doesn't like. Uh, she's uh, she likes both Assad and Nicolas Maduro seemingly, um, and um, I mean that will that would definitely win her favor with some kind of more cranky portions of the left for sure uh but i'm I'm not sure that it will uh it will help carry her through the nomination and through the primary process in any uh meaningful sense no absolutely not and um thinking of other uh other people running uh elizabeth warren for example uh what, what are your thoughts on her um I mean, I mean, my personal, personally, I, 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 I think she. I mean, I like her a lot. Uh, I think as a senator, she has, she has probably. I mean, aside from Bernie Sanders, uh, she probably has the best uh, progressive record um, of any senator of any senator period. Uh, you know, she has been instrumental in a great deal of um, really good progressive policy. You know the reason the Consumer Protection Bureau exists is because of her. Um, you know, un- unlike unlike uh, people like, you know, Gillibrand and Harris, who have, you know, who are very clearly pivoting uh, to uh, to the left on a lot of issues like healthcare. You know, Warren was a longtime proponent of these things for a long time. So she is, she certainly has kind of a more kind of a less electioneery stance on them. And, and it, it's, it, and I, I think uh, any progressives, you know, who haven't made up who they're going to vote for at this point would be um, would be wise to assume that, you know, when, when push comes to shove, she will be much tougher on actually trying to get these things done uh, than I think someone like Harris. Um, I mean, the, 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 the reason I'm worried about Warren... Uh, is that I'm not sure she is the best person uh, to beat Trump. And, you know, we were talking about how this is going to be one of the biggest tests for any Democratic yeah. nominee, right? Um, or any Democratic primary candidate. Um, you know, can can you see Elizabeth Warren uh, winning Florida? I, I, You know, I can't. And, uh, like, can you see her, um, you know, being able to properly combat Trump's more kind of nasty campaign tactics? You know, I, it's like we're dealing with um it, we could be dealing with another clinton all over again exactly you know like the thing democrats really don't want is they don't want a hillary 2.0 and like obviously it's ridiculous to compare uh clinton to warren on on the issues uh but in terms of kind of the strategy and like the the persona the the, the communication side of things yeah like um i think that is a genuine concern i mean she is she, 
I mean, Warren, you know, like, she's many things. She's a, she is a great fundraiser, you know, to her credit. Um, but she's also, like, I mean, her uh, kind of electoral record shows that she's not actually that strong. You know, she, um, for instance, she continually underperforms in Massachusetts. Uh, her, her her state's uh, partisan lean, for instance. She, she does worse in Massachusetts than you would expect, actually, a Democrat to. Um, which kind of shows that she may have... Well, while she may have strengths in areas like fundraising, and she's definitely great at the issues, I don't, I don't you know, there is definitely some concern about uh, her as a campaigner. Um, so that, that that's definitely that something that people have to consider. I mean, also, you know, um, when talking about Warren, like kind of the big elephant in the room is whether Bernie Sanders runs. Because if yeah. Bernie Sanders runs, you know, I mean, they're essentially going after the exact same base. And and uh, I think for, for, for most people on the left of the Democratic Party, you know, they... You know they would they would rather have Sanders. <laughs> I, I you know he is he is even more progressive on issues uh, than Warren, um, and he is at least I don't know at least in my opinion I think he would be a much much better person uh, to campaign against Trump. Yeah, I think I think Sanders um, he I think Sanders didn't do well in twenty sixteen because of how non progressive the um, the, the stakes were so if he ran this time i think he would generally stand a chance because he didn't do that badly when he ran so it as you say if, if he does step up warren would be in trouble you know it's it's not just that uh i think he would be a better person to campaign against trump uh just in terms of general you know electoral effectiveness um you know if, if you are a you know a hardcore progressive in the democratic party um you know he is he is genuinely um, fervor kind of on the uh, fervor to the left on the issues than Warren. You know, Warren is, um, I guess the best way to put it, uh, Warren is kind of a very traditional kind of liberal progressive uh, in the Democratic Party. You know, she is, she's the kind of person that doesn't really see kind of an intrinsic problem with American capitalism, but wants to reform it and, uh, you know, make it work for normal working people as or normal working class people as she would put it right you know sanders is someone who actually does see kind of intrinsic structural issues in capitalism and would and instead of just kind of reforming it would want to at least overhaul the system in a more meaningful way i mean that, that i guess that's kind of the the ideological um angle to it um obviously on the actual issues they are quite similar i mean they're they're both for single payer they're both not taking corporate money they're both for you know raising taxes on the wealthy and lowering it for for uh, people on lower incomes and, and i mean you, you you and you i think as the primary progresses you will see a lot of a lot of candidates essentially pitching them themselves towards you know that kind of side of the political spectrum and someone else to consider is Cory Booker, who hasn't denied a run for presidency, so it's all but certain that he will run. And Cory Booker is a senator from New Jersey, and he was the mayor of Newark um, from 2006 to 2013. So what are your views on him? Uh definitely not a fan and i i i and i think uh you know i think he will have an even bigger problem um than Har than someone like harrison Gillibrand in, in the kind of 
shifting to a you know pitching himself kind of to the progressive wing of the party um you know he's he's very much kind of a i don't want to say like an obama era um senator he's you know he is essentially the biggest issues that people will have with him on the left uh are that he is very friendly with wall street he is very friendly with drug companies uh which is you know a big big no-no um and it's definitely and which make makes it very difficult to see how he can support something like single pair uh for instance uh he is he was one of the senators responsible for killing a bill which bernie sanders uh co-sponsored which would allow the united states which would allow um medicare to import uh cheaper drugs from canada for instance because essentially you know that would cost a lot of money to uh to, to the drug cartels um so yeah i mean he's i mean he's he's got his appeals uh kind of in other wings of the democratic primary electorate you know uh perhaps you know with ethnic minorities uh which and especially african americans who make up a very substantial uh chunk of the uh, of the primary base but like i mean it, like the issue of analyzing this i guess is that with, with so many candidates um it's it's becomes difficult to see how how each of them individually can kind of assemble um a coalition and how that can assemble a winning coalition and how that reflects you know on the other candidates so you know to 538 uh did a very kind of interesting analysis where they essentially divided the democratic uh you know base um into five sections uh you know and of course these will inevitably overlap but they kind of um they represent different kind of interests different priorities so I mean, the way they described it, it, it the, the democratic primary electorate essentially split into millennials into kind of the left or, or kind of the you know the more progressive wing um into kind of the party loyalists um you know mainly you know if you th you know think of kind of the people who a lot of people who basically voted for hillary clinton uh you know hispanic asian voters and black voters um you know in in 2016 for instance you know bernie sanders had overwhelming appeal among the left of the party and I think as a majority among kind of the millennial base, but uh, he didn't do very well with party loyalists. Well, he didn't do very well at all with party loyalists, and he had a problem with black voters. Um, and that's kind of what uh, say allowed Clinton to uh, to win the nomination. Um, when looking at all the candidates uh, or and potential candidates right now, um, you know, I guess with so many of them, it's it's difficult to see how. You know, clearly none of them right now can assemble a majority, right? And it, and it's a lot of it will depend on the early primaries next year. Um, you know, seeing basically who drops out of the race first, uh, where their votes will go, um, and who can uh, who can win the early states. Um, well, I'm I'm quite fond of uh, Joe Biden. I think that Joe if. Joe Biden does actually run. Uh, when it comes to who he is as a person, how he presents himself, I think he would be the strongest Democrat um, to win the PR battle. He was 
almost universally liked when he was vice president and genuinely seems like someone who's level-headed and would play a clever game if needed to get to presidency. So Joe Biden is, I prefer him over any of the uh, aforementioned candidates. All of them? Yeah, all, all, all of them. I, I think, does he, is he the one with which uh, policy-wise stands the, the better chance? Probably, probably not. But personally, I, I like him the most. Well, I mean, so with, with regards to Biden, um, I mean, the, the problem he's going to have is, you know, he is very firmly on the establishment wing of the party, uh, which is immediately going to, you know, damage his prospects. Um, aside from that, you know, he has, you know, even though he is pretty popular, I, I think the reason he is popular at the moment um, is because, you know, he was kind of like this lovable uncle vice president uh, that, um, you know, wasn't really in the spotlight for the wrong reasons because, you know, vice presidents generally aren't. They don't do much, you know, unless you're Dick Cheney. So, or Mike or, Pence. Or, um, Mike uh, yeah. Pence. <laughs> yeah. Um, fucking Republicans. Anyway, um, yeah, um, but, you know, if you actually dig into his record, I mean, like, some of the stuff there is not pleasant. Like, there's, there's a lot of uh, questions about his attitude to women. He's got, he's, there, there's some... Um, on uh, on racial issues, he uh, he has um, kind of a a pretty um, unappealing record uh, that people will definitely you know if he runs then people will definitely start to dig all of that stuff stuff up and uh, use it against him. Um, you know and on you know again on the issues, I mean he is as I said he is he is very much uh, from the establishment wing of the party. Um, very much, you know, from the same kind of cloth uh, that Hillary Clinton was from, and, you know, that was thoroughly defeated in 2016. Uh, obviously, you know, in the general election, not in the primaries. Um, you know, th it is still possible that Biden would, you know, end up supporting something like Medicare for All, just, you know, for uh, for electioneering reasons. But whether mm. people, will, people will buy that is, is a totally different story. Will people buy Biden? Find out next time on American Election. Yeah, but, but I mean, generally, my view on Biden is I I think I I I don't think he would be the best candidate. I mean, is he would he be the best candidate to be Trump? I honestly like I in comparison to someone like Sanders, I don't, I generally don't know because you know again he has much more of a previous record for which he can be attacked. Uh, you know, Trump will obviously utilize all of that to his advantage, um, and you know, and just kind of on a on a on a, you know, kind of looking, looking more fervor field, you know, he is, I don't know, he, he seems to come from kind of an era of the Democratic Party, which has, is kind of over at this point, you know, as, as we said, you know, go, going into 2020, uh, the, De the Democratic Party of 2020 is going to be very different to the Democratic Party of 2016, you know, not only in its, in kind of the people that represent it, but in the, the policies that it advocates. And I, I, I'm not really sure that Someone like Joe Biden would be the best person uh, to lead that. Yeah, that, that, see, that's the point where, um, as I said, I, I, I'm I, not too sure about him. So I like him a lot when it comes to the, the how he presents himself. However, yeah, would he support Medicare? Would he support 
um, more progressive issues, um, his past. So yeah, I do see that. Um, but when it comes to the pros and cons, maybe Biden is the best. We'll have to see. Something we've been planning on doing for a while now, we've spoken about it and we haven't yet acted upon it, is bringing more people onto the podcast. Having a guest every now and then would be would be interesting. It would shake things up. We would bring um, not only different opinions, but maybe um, different voices, literal sounds that you have not heard into your ears. <laughs> but our next... Our, our our next guest that is practically confirmed is my friend Mossin, who, although he studies maths at the University of Manchester, he is very active in the Model United Nations Debating Society. He's the president of the society and is very involved. He he has very interesting political opinions. Anyway, what he did this week was visit the Church of Scientology and take one of their profiling tests. No, Mossin isn't becoming a Scientologist. He did it in the name of, let's not say science, but curiosity. So hopefully we'll have Mossin on next week to talk about this. And as we go along, we'll we'll try and see who else we can bring on. All right, everyone. Uh, thanks a lot for listening. Uh, we're hoping to bring you a lot more uh, podcasts uh, throughout 2019. But uh, for now, uh, goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you.